HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. Welcome to an episode of Cutting the Curd in the New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. This is Jessica, and I am so excited to be back for another season with all of you. I'm really excited about our guest today, Tarush Argawal, and his wife, Jasleen, who unfortunately isn't able to join us today. But the two of them together have started an incredible company, Sach Foods. Sach Foods is dedicated to creating vegetarian food that is ethically sourced, tastes great, and is good for you. And they launched with Paneer, the only organic paneer company in the United States. Just a few years ago, they launched, and now they have grown into national markets. They've been featured in the New York Times, Bon Appetit, and now Cutting the Curd. Tarush, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thank you, Jessica. It's great to hear from you and great to be with you. So I, I'm excited to talk to you because, one, I always love stories of how people started their companies and how they got into this crazy, crazy, but wonderful, dedicated community of cheese and cheesemakers. And also um, because uh, Paneer, you know, it's one cheese, but it's, it's got such an incredible um, history and it's a cheese that we don't really talk about um, and we haven't talked about on cutting the curd and you and your wife started a company you guys came from the tech industry correct yes that's right so I would love it can you tell us about how such foods came to be yeah for sure um, so I'll, t- I'll take you back to a little bit of our origin story mm-hmm. uh, 20 I think this is 20. Sometime in 2018, 2019, late 2018, early 2019, Justine and I were newly married um, and we were living in San Francisco and, you know, working in, in tech. Uh, I was doing partnerships. She was, she's an engineer by trade. So she was doing 
program management uh, for like Fortune 100 companies. And, uh, you know, we were living a very active lifestyle and we both actually vegetarian. I grew up vegetarian, raised my, raised, uh, you know, all my life as a vegetarian. And Jocelyn had been vegetarian for a pretty significant amount of time. And so living in San Francisco, living an active lifestyle, we actually, um, we just missed having good protein options as vegetarians. We felt like there wasn't too many options available and whatever was available didn't actually keep us full for too long. Um, we would be hungry all the time. And and so that, and then, you know, we kind of like, we grew up eating paneer in India. So we grew up in India, we moved to the States. We were, we'd been in the States for quite some time. And uh, we kind of missed eating the paneer that we grew up with. Um, so that was sort of like, it was always in the back of our mind. And uh, I was itching to do my, start my own company. I'm come, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And so does Jocelyn, and Jocelyn's a great cook. So, uh, you know, just one day, Jocelyn, um, in our tiny apartment in San Francisco, started making our own paneer, uh, which she used to growing up. And um, and then I think she spiced it with different herbs, and we tasted it, we liked it, and we were like, well, this, t- this paneer tastes so much better than the paneer that we have available in the marketplaces or even at restaurants when we go, when we go out and eat in San Francisco. Right. Um, and so that kind of inspired us to, you know, just to create our own paneer and uh, get it to consumers. We felt like paneer should be more widely available and better known for its qualities and its taste and its versatility than it was back then. Mm-hmm. So, and we felt like paneer should be as popular as tofu is. Um and, and it's a good it's a good stand a stand in for tofu in a lot in dishes as well, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's it, and it's you know it's super versatile. It takes its own it takes the flavor of the spices and curries that you cook with. Uh, but we we also felt like paneer had been you know like uh, unlike tofu. So tofu, for example, uh, chipotle uses tofu as a dish or, or um, vegetarian or vegan option with tofu right. um, available nationally. And stuff like that was not done with paneer. So our vision was, could we make paneer more accessible um, by, by doing something interesting with it? So uh, what should paneer taste like and what should the texture be like that was missing from what you were finding out in the market? Yeah, so uh, in our experience, Jessica, like we felt uh, so paneer is supposed to be soft and creamy uh, crumbly. It should have like a melt in your mouth sort of a texture and feel, um, and it should have it like a like a taste and a significance of its own. What we felt that was av- like for the paneer that was available in the marketplace actually didn't really have a taste, uh, and they were super rubbery in texture. Right. Um, so that was sort of like we felt like was missing, and the authenticity was missing. And then we wanted to take it a step further by flavoring the paneer with different herbs and spices. And so the idea was, and so we launched like a spicy habanero and a turmeric twist flavor for our paneer. Mm-hmm. And the idea was it would make it more approachable to people who've never tried paneer and they could just cut it up and put it on a salad uh, without having to cook with it. So in India, uh, paneer is sometimes made with um, buffalo milk. Is that true? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So in, in India, paneer is like uh, made with buffalo milk or like historically 
and even now to an extent, but when it comes to like mass production, um, it's mostly done with cow's milk. Right. And where are you sourcing your milk from? And, and what was that? What was that journey like to start sourcing milk? Yeah. So I think it was, uh, it was interesting. You know, we, we ended up partnering with, a. Our first farm was up in up in Oregon. It was a small dairy um, that was making like organic because our paneer is organic, and then so we wanted to get organic milk which had high butter fat and could give us like a creamy, dense texture. And so the first uh, farm that we ended up partnering with was up in Oregon, um, run by a lady. She'd been doing it for like I don't know forty years or something, and uh, it, it was. There's an interesting story because she was working with one of these big co-ops and that co-op had moved uh, operations. So she was kind of like, she had no home for our milk and we got in touch with her at the same, at the exact same time. And so it kind of worked out where uh, we could, we could, you know, buy some of her milk and it helped us, helped her stay in operations for a bit. Incredible. It happens so many times when I talk to people, you know, stars align that way. It's so wild. So wild. And yep. um, and now you're sourcing milk from California? Yes. Yeah. So we, we work with a couple of co-ops uh, and they work with uh, a bunch of different you know, small farms um, mm-hmm. around the state. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's our current sourcing. This might sound like a silly question, but why organic? Like, what was it about? Was that a decision you guys made right in the beginning that we're, we're going to make this an organic cheese? Yeah, so I think, you know, we wanted to, our being vegetarians, like one of the things that was super important for us was just that the cows and the animals are treated fairly and humanely. And uh, and for that, we wanted to, if we could source milk that's organic, we felt like that could that would signify um, just that the care was taken uh, for the animals. So that was part of the driver for uh, wanting to go organic. And of course, right. we felt like, Part of the other reason or rationale was we felt like it provided for a more dense, um, creamy texture because of the fat content of the milk. Yeah, and and paneer, well, cheese doesn't have a lot of ingredients anyway, um, but paneer has, is it three ingredients? It's it's an acid set cheese, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I get, you know, the quality of that milk is there's nothing hiding it. Right. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it, it has to be, it has to be the best. What about um, the significance of, of the word such, where does that come from? What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, when Justine and I started the company, uh, we wanted the company to have a, a, a deeper meaning stand for a purpose because it's, uh, it's hard to start a company uh, and let alone, um, a food company when you don't have any background in, in food and we obviously were in tech. So we wanted to you know, pick a name that just had a stood for something deeper. And uh, we picked such because it means honest. And we wanted to have, you know, transparent values to our customers uh, and let them know that, you know, we were making products with complete honesty um, and dedication and also have embody like a culture of honesty with our partners, with our employees and so we felt like such kind of fit that mold uh, for what we were trying to do. And it was also broad enough that it could apply to, you know, a bunch of different products uh, that we could create in the future. I keep thinking about the fact that you were launching with one cheese. 
And it's like, it's like, you can only, you have to keep thinking about how you, you know, how do you go beyond that? So that's wild. I know. I, I like, I like that part of your, your answer. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I think uh, we, it's interesting because uh, when we, uh, when we named the company, it's, um, you know, we, you know, when you start something, you have an idea of how it's going to go, but more often than not, it doesn't go like that. Um, right. And you have all these surprises and ups and downs and, and, and crazy turns. But I think uh, every time we see the packaging, every time we, we tell people what it stands for, it lights them up and, and it gives us the joy and, and passion, um, which is super important for us. Yeah, because, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying about the the paneer that you were finding out in the market and then also being um, being immigrants yourselves from India and and the food, the the paneer being used in even in in uh, restaurants and prepared dishes, not measuring up to what, you know, the experience should be and that that's the first taste that people in this country might have of paneer. That's not a fair representation or reflection and they're, they're, they're missing out, right? Like that's not, so by, by giving them something authentic, you know, like this is more authentic to the flavor. This is more what, what paneer should be. I mean, it's, it's really trying to get, it's not just about like getting another cheese on the shelf. It's like getting the, the cheese, the way you know it should be and delivering that experience to the consumer. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that was sort of our motivation. Um, and, and we also wanted to like, you know, innovate and, and because paneer in general is super versatile, like you can do so many different things with it. We started with our line of uh, organic paneers that are in six ounces. We started flavoring them. And then we recently launched a line of paneer meal kits. Uh, so they've got the paneer and then the sauces um, that you, if you combine them together within 10 minutes, you have a delicious meal. And we introduced we have interesting flavors. We've started with uh, tandoori paneer, which is a very popular dish, and also barbecue paneer. And mm. the idea is, you know, inviting people to try and experience great paneer, Indian cuisine. Um, and so that's sort of like, you know, innovation has been a part of our strategy from the very beginning. So... I am going to take this as a moment for us to get in a word from one of our great sponsors here at Cutting the Curd and Heritage Radio Network. And then we will be right back to talk more with Tarush about Sach Foods and their amazing paneer. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO. Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. 
No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. We're back. Cutting the curd. Today, we're talking with my wonderful guest, uh, Tarush Argawal, who is one half of the married team behind Sach Foods. You may have seen their paneer. Uh, it is in like every market. Right? I feel like I am seeing it everywhere, which is really incredible. Um, and I'm curious, like, I mean, do you have whiplash? I feel like this has been a really fast, uh, a fast um, rollout nationally. What, what has that experience been like? Uh, it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> and it's, it's been a fun one, actually. You know, I think um, our goal was really to make a uh, to make Paneer more accessible. Like we started the company to be like, to our goal is our vision is to have a big company um, and make uh, have the opportunity for consumers around the country to try our product. And uh, so, you know, I think we started in 2019, like our first customer was actually in September of 2019 with a local pizzeria in, in, uh, in Berkeley. Um, and slowly we started getting into more, few local stores in, in San Francisco, which has a great culture, by the way, of supporting small businesses and local entrepreneurs. And uh, Whole Foods was uh, one of our early adopters, early partners. Um, we showed them our product in Fancy Food Show in 2020. This is just a few weeks before the pandemic mm-hmm. started. And, and so they gave us an opportunity in two regions. And fortunately, they kept their commitment because you know by the time we met them, they, it was pre-pandemic, and then when we started doing all you know the, the paperwork and stuff, the pandemic had started, and you know a lot of things were looking uncertain. Uh, but they were, you know, they kept their commitment, and, and they launched us in June. And unfortunately, there's been no looking back since then. Today, we're in about three thousand stores nationwide with Whole Foods, uh, and part and with, you know, partners with incredible progressive grocers like like HEB, uh, you know, Fresh Direct, Good Eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a bunch of them around the nation. And what kind of feedback have you been getting across the country? Because obviously you were providing something to the marketplace that either they didn't have or an alternative to what they might've already been selling, um, or, you know, or something to build out their category, right? So not necessarily to replace an item, but to maybe add to a growing um, category. What kind of feedback are you getting from uh, from consumers? And I mean, I've seen some of the press, and people seem to put in when they. I've noticed when they write about such foods in the paneer, often the the writer puts in their personal joy <laughs> at finding either they are a, a, you know a, they have an Indian background themselves, or like this is like it's like finally you know this is the paneer I've been looking for, or or it's somebody who is new to it. Um, 
but I see that that their positive impressions work their way into their writing about it. So what what kind of feedback have you been hearing? Yeah, we, you know, Jessica, we've been very, very grateful. Uh, the feedback has unanimously been amazing. Um, you know, from the very first time we started the company and our very first customer to like customers today, writers all over the country from, you know, big popular uh, publications, I think everybody has really liked our product. And that's really because it's been made with a lot of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it tastes like what Paneer is supposed to taste like. It's high quality. It's non-compromised. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, made with premium ingredients. And so our, our the feedback was, you know, from consumers from day one was we've been waiting for this, you know, especially when it was it's with Indian customers or customers who are familiar with eating paneer. Our, our feedback has been like, I've been waiting for this. This tastes like this is sometimes, oftentimes actually, I would say, like we get blown away when consumers come back and say, this is the best paneer they've ever tasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's been super encouraging for us. And we've kind of led with that um, and try to like communicate that to retailers in terms of like how we, what makes us different in terms of what we bring to the table. I, you know, I was thinking about also, um, there's been a lot of talk about supermarkets and um, ethnic foods, right? And where they belong. Um, Actually, and it was Priya Krishna, who um, wrote about this for the New York Times, um, about like, why do grocery stores still have ethnic aisles? And I think, I think, you know, that could extend to the cheese department, right? And, and Mm -hmm. I think, do you see more representation um, or have you come up with any um, opposition to where your cheese is placed? Or do you see that it's like finding its way into more mainstream um, markets and placement, shelf placement? Um, I think, you know, we've seen like before when we started making paneer and, and presenting it to retailers. So we kind of like saw two different things happening at the same time. There was a set of retailers that had were carrying paneer, but it was sort of like marginalized. There wasn't a lot of attention given to the category or the product, and there hadn't been any innovation. Right. It's kind of like paneer check. Yeah, exactly. It was sort of like checking a box. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of came in with this interesting story. We invested in marketing the product, in doing demos, and that got some retailers super excited. Um, and we've seen like the results of that in terms of our sales and volumes going up. Uh, and then, then there's a certain set of like grocery stores and retailers that really didn't know much about Paneer, um, didn't know what it either was or didn't care much for it in terms of um, having a presence for it on their shelves. And mm-hmm. so it's been a journey for us in terms of educating them about what Paneer really is and showing them some data about like how consumers are using it and cooking at home and how versatile this, this product is. What are some of your favorite ways to use paneer at home? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> we love paneer. Uh, I think, you know, honestly, the simplest way for me to use, like, my go-to option is I just cut up some paneer. Of course, it's such paneer. Uh, and then add some veggies. I cut up some veggies, like, like tomatoes, onions, bell peppers, jalapenos. I saute them with some ghee 
And uh, I'd either just cook them in a pan for a few minutes or throw them in an air fryer. Mm. And, and like within minutes, you know, within like seven minutes or something, I have a delicious meal. Oh, that, that infamous air fryers. <laughs> There's an air fryer use for everything. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, it's convenient. Yeah. Uh, it's convenient actually. And, and paneer is such a, it just cooks up well with these little veggies. It takes right. its flavor and uh, it's a great, it can make for a great snack. And do you have a particular um, flavored paneer? that is maybe your favorite or that you lean towards? Yes. Um, I like the habanero quite a bit. Mm. And, uh, you know, I usually make uh, like a, like a paneer scramble with it. Oh, nice. That is, that sounds really good. I, um, I'm also curious, are there other, are there other cheeses uh, from India that are used in India that we just don't see in this, you know, in our country that you think we really should? You know, um, actually, India, paneer is like sort of the dominant cheese there. Mm -hmm. um, there are some cheeses like that are, I guess I would say like there are variations of paneer um, made in like, and have different applications like made for dessert uh, and other, other recipes. But it's still like, it is, it is paneer, but just made in different ways. Is it? it does it vary uh, from region to region? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So paneer used in the east and the north uh, and the west actually are quite, quite different, quite unique. Uh, specifically in the east, the usage of paneer is very. Uh, it's used a lot in like sweets and desserts. Okay. Versus in the north is more like the traditional sag paneer that you know of, or paneer tikka masala. Um, I will say like, and paneer kebabs, uh, I think us in the US, we've only seen like very limited use cases with paneer. Because if you walk into an Indian restaurant, you probably see like three or four typical dishes with paneer. Mm -hmm. But you go to India, you will actually see a whole gamut of like traditional dishes with paneer. But then you'll also see uh, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Taco Bell, McDonald's make, they have pretty much, I mean, all you name it, all of these restaurants have several paneer dishes on their menus. That's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and I think, I think that's was kind of like when we started the company, our vision was, because we saw that in India, like we grew up in India and we saw all of these, like the way, the versatility of paneer in all of these different cuisines and different ways consumers could use it. So that was sort of one of our goals to, you know, uh, just educate consumers in terms of the versatility of paneer by using it in different recipes and, uh, and, and make it more accessible to people. And that does open up the whole idea of food service. I mean, you, you mentioned Chipotle earlier and, and how they've been incorporating different protein sources uh, into some of their dishes to satisfy certain diets and preferences. Um and yeah, paneer is another one. I know also you talked about it as the protein source. And um, we love to, you know, protein is like the buzzword now, right? Everybody's looking at like putting the grams of protein on their packaging. Um, so what, um, uh, what, it, what do you uh, think about like in terms of your role in marketing? Is that something, do you enjoy the marketing aspect of this or are you kind of, do you kind of source that out to other people? Cause it's so multifaceted. 
the whole marketing? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, marketing is super important. Um, it's something that we pay a lot of attention to. Um, and we do, do, our, do it ourselves. We feel like telling the story about our our Paneer, like how we started the company, why we started it, how Paneer can be used, uh, what makes our Paneer more authentic and unique, I think is critical to, you know, our our story and our and our success. So that's something that we enjoy. Um, and, and we're constantly learning. You know, I think you mentioned you know, we've been fortunate that we were featured by New York Times and Bon Appetit, San Francisco Chronicle, to just name a few. And those are all, they've all done, um, they've been all great in like helping us reach consumers and changing the narrative of Paneer. So without right. those, I think it would have been a much, you know, they've, they've had a, I would say they've been a huge con- contributor in, in us getting in front of more customers and also more retailers. I think there's also been more spaces opening up in the market for, um, you know, not just not just more cheeses from different cultures, because I think we do, we're very Eurocentric in our cheeses here. And we're starting to see more of the diversity of cheese from other parts of the world that predate a lot of what, you know, we know in the United States. And then um, also styles, for instance, that don't melt. I mean, there are more than a few cheeses now in the, in the cheese, you know, in the cheese aisle on the shelf of cheeses that don't melt. And I, that is what I'm finding so fascinating. Your cheese doesn't have to melt when you can cook it. Exactly. I mean, and you know, when we, it's funny because when we, uh, when we were doing demos and we do do demos, like a lot of consumers are like, well, Really, it doesn't melt, and we kind of have to explain them, like with an example of the dish, a picture of a dish, and stuff. Uh, but I think you know that's just that's an incredible asset. Uh, the way we look at it is, it comes to paneer. It's like a cooking cheese, right? It's it's a bit different than some other cheeses, and that's what makes it so easy to use and and so versatile. Um, yeah, I I mean I really only knew paneer in sag paneer. Um, right. And honestly, that was all about the spinach. And then there would be these lumpy white cubes in there. Um, and back in the several decades ago when I was growing up, um, I did not know what paneer was. I thought it was like cottage cheese or something. Like I did not understand the context of this ingredient in this dish. And it's taken... It's taken many decades and it's, I cannot believe there hasn't been a Satch Foods before this. Um, so it's pretty remarkable. Um, you hit it at the right time, I think. Um, and speaking of timing, you, like you said, you, you really started to hit your stride right before um, the pandemic changed the landscape and really a lot of the focus switched to retail Um what were there any unique challenges that you overcame during the whole 2020, 2021? And, um, you know, like that you want to share with us and maybe, you know, how are things now? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, 2020, like we were in our infancy when, when the pandemic happened, like we were maybe in like 30 stores or 40 stores, something like that. Um, so we really grew during the pandemic. Um, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we had was just, you know, getting just the uncertainty around production, uncertainty around like 
um, labor shortages, you know, just like operational challenges were like just, you know, something or the other coming up new that we had to tackle, just like other folks. But as a new brand specifically, what was even more challenging was consumers couldn't, we couldn't get in front of consumers to to have them try our product. But typically when you, when you launch a product in retail, a lot of the times the conventional wisdom has been like, you need to demo the product. Right. Well, we launched in 2020 in June and there was no demoing. Uh, I mean, demos are barely starting to pick up now or they picked up in a few months ago. So, I mean, that that was a very unique challenge in terms of like letting the consumers know that we are in the stores, being a small company with very limited budgets. So, you know, I think that was that, that was a big challenge. I think the other challenge was maybe even like a step prior is like, how do you even get to meet the buyers? Right. Typically, like you meet the buyers at food shows. And 2020 and 2021, majority of the food shows were canceled. So... How do you get in front of buyers and show them your product and tell them about your story when in-person meetings weren't just, just weren't happening? So, you know, I think those are like some, just some of the big challenges that, that we faced or most of the brand, early brands faced um, with the pandemic. Uh, you know, and then how we kind of tackled that was just like, oh, we wanted to do, we try to, with, with the product itself, we wanted to do something different. You know, we, we made a better tasting product we innovated different flavors. And then when it came to marketing, we also wanted to do something different. Uh, and so we started like selling the product online, uh, got some feedback from consumers. We started shipping it nationwide, which was again, very complicated given it's a perishable product. Mm-hmm. Um, but really we started to do, we launched in some of the NorCal regions, Northern California regions, and then started shipping a product online got some feedback from customers online, like in the East Coast, for example, and they said, well, this is the best panier that we've ever had. And then we would show that data point to some of the new buyers. And then, of course, we would ship them our product and they would sample it. And so combine with getting some actual, like, you know, qualitative information, like by trying a product and, and, and learning about a story and a vision, and then getting some quantitative data in terms of what, our sales were doing in NorCal and also what consumers were saying online uh, through Instagram and stuff. That is kind of like how we grew from like region to region and store by store. Um, and, and fortunately that worked. So crazy because I think 10 years ago, maybe even more recent than 10 years ago, we would be talking about the farmer's market strategy, right? You go to your farmer's market, you start selling at your farmer's market, you know, you're like, then you do two farmers markets and then you go door to door or you, you know, and now it really is again. I mean, it's also the timing, just the role of data. And and I've talked with um, a mutual friend of ours um, on this podcast a couple of times, um, Felice Thorpe about the role of data and how important it can be now in this new age of selling cheese Um, And just how, you know, with social media and with so many channels that give you more independence in getting, not just getting your product out there, but also collecting the data you need to make more sales. um, It's just incredible. It feels like the timing of your rollout and then the pandemic hitting, so many tools were made available to you out of necessity. Like they were made out for everybody. Everybody was online. Everybody was you know, watching YouTube or TikTok or like or right. scrolling yeah, on yeah. Instagram and like, and shopping online. Right. I mean, we were all 
shopping online, Instacart. You had to have great visuals. Um, so did your tech background kind of help out in that regard? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it did. And then also, like, you know, from the very onset that when we were starting the company and, and uh, you know, putting our plans in terms of how we would scale it, like, we always had that vision of, like, making it available to consumers nationwide and figuring out a way to do that. And uh, and because that was sort of already pre-built, because we were selling online pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic came and happened, we had somewhat of an infrastructure built. So that mm-hmm. helped us, like, you know, get get our product out to customers. Um, had we not have that, had that built, I think it might have been a bit more difficult for us. Uh, but right. we would have figured it out probably, just like everybody else. But I think, you know, having, like, um, like you say, like today's in today's world, like it's super important to have, a, you know, have a direct consumer strategy, not just to you know diversify your sales, but also just to collect the data, get get some feedback from consumers of what are they liking, what are they not liking, and then iterating based on that. Right, right. It's incredible. I it's I love this story of your company. I'm so thrilled to see, um, you know, your product on the shelves all over. Uh, and and now you have these new products coming out that just keep keep the the um, the innovation and also the focus of you know on Paneer and it's and the way to use it. Um, where do where do you see next for Satch Foods? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jessica, we see ourselves as a as a vegetarian food company. You know, that makes like Indian inspired foods. And, you know, so we are hard at work, like trying to figure out what are we uh, going to launch next? I mean, I think as we mentioned, we we have the line of paneers, we launched a line of meal kits. We've also launched a line of like, oil-free sauces. Mm. Uh, that is convenient two-ounce packaging. We've got a, a tandoori masala flavor and a, and a smoky barbecue flavor, which are which you can just buy independent of the paneer. And you could use it as a dressing for for your veggies of choice or meats of protein of choice. Um, and, you know, so I think we are now, we're just excited about like the other things that we are creating uh, and, and bringing out to consumers that it's going to help make vegetarian protein more accessible. Yes, definitely. And the other thing that we see a lot happening now in the, in the conversation around um, dairy is health benefits. There's people who are, criticizing dairy um, in the diet for various reasons. And then there's, I think, been more recently better um, messaging around the health benefits of dairy. Um, And in particular, in this case with paneer as a protein source. Um, And also, you know, my own little personal plug for the fact that, you know, where you're sourcing your milk is also helping keep uh, responsible farming um, and open spaces. Uh, and soil health <laughs> alive. So there's all that. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Cutting the Curd. This was really wonderful. And I really am happy that we were able to introduce uh, Satch Foods to some listeners who maybe haven't had a chance um, to get to know you yet. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much, Jessica. It was great to be with you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Cutting the Curd. You can always find us at heritageradionetwork.org. You can listen to 
this episode again, if you'd like, or any past episodes on your favorite streaming platforms and always share. You can visit us on Instagram, give us some feedback, and I look forward to uh, being back with you all again soon. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.